Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine Saint Clair. All aboard! Welcome to a brand new episode of Crazy Train with Jasmine Saint Clair. This week's guest is one of these people who I actually invented a Jasmineism for because he's always busy with so many things doing, you know, just things for his branding, whether it's deathmatch wrestling, music, um, drawing, tattooing. So I invented this word called schlacking. It means to schlack when you're doing like a million different things, which is what schlack is basically. I mean, he's pretty well known in Japan, USA, just worldwide for all of his you know, matches um, involving a lot of blood and glass and violence. Then, of course, uh, his music from Eat the Turnbuckle, which is also a film, and his other band, The Crippler. So I decided to sit down and chat with this anomaly of a human being. Let's welcome to the show, Schlack. Because your background reminds me, minus any like heavy metal posters or minus a lot of the monster stuff, reminds me of my old room. Okay, yeah, I'm like a, you know, a grown child. <laughs> I still, you know, have like a lot of shit I had from when I was like 18 years old. I have like Gigi Allen clocks and mentor stuff and fucking, you know, oh, I still have my DVD collection. Most people I know sold those off, but for some reason, I, I even have my all my old VHS tapes and stuff. See, like I have them around the perimeter of the room. I still have like Brooks and where? Oh, okay. That's like your drafting table. And <laughs> I think you're the only person I've created a jasmineism for. And a jasmineism is one of those things like you have the Urban Dictionary. We have a jasmineism dictionary. So okay. I created this verb called schlacking. Okay. All right. And if people like mutual friends say, what are you doing? I'm schlacking. That means I'm doing like a million different things at once. Yeah, that sounds all right. That's all right. That's pretty much my life. I'm, I, I know and younger, I had to, I realized that, you know, if you want to make a living anymore these days, especially, you got to have your hands in like 10 different pots and you got to multitask. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I try to do. You know, you're the same way, Jasmine. You, you schlack it a lot yourself. I Look. schlack all the time. Like I, and that's the thing. Where did you come up with the name schlack? My last name is Schlachter. So like Schechter guitars, but sh okay, but schlack, schlacker. Okay, schlack. And then 187, obviously, I don't know if everyone knows what 187 means, but we can tell you what 187 means. Right, it's murder, death, kill. Yeah, it's like murder, death, or kill, which is normal these days. And it's deathmatch wrestling too. I'm killed tattooed on my throat because of that. My, my last name means the slaughterer in German. So what do you do when you slaughter something? You kill something. I got that when I was like 20 years old. Which <laughs> I, got like I got the question mark because everybody says I always look confused. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be at a traffic stop with you um, anytime soon. Oh, come on. I'm a nice guy, Jasmine. You know that. 
I know that, but if a cop pulls up, okay, the New Jack story, and do you have any New Jack stories at all? Not really. I mean, I, I met the guy, and I shot the shit with him, and smoked weed with him, but nothing real outrageous. Yeah, he's quite the interesting person. Huh? So what do you got? You got something good laying on me? Well, yeah, but this you're the only other person who can get away with this. <clears throat> so we were driving through like a McDonald's. Get in the back seat. Okay. So I'm in the back seat. I'm not going to argue with you. You have like 10, ju eight justifiable homicides. So he duct tapes me, my mouth, my hands, and he puts the window down and he's ordering and he pulls up to the drive through window and just kind of like leaves me there for a second so the girl could see inside. And she thought he was kidnapping me. So I'm going to get away with it. Hmm? Right. It sounds about right. That sounds right. It's on brand, right? Now, that's the thing. So I was researching a little bit about you. I don't like researching too much about people, but why did you even get started in pro wrestling, of all things? Uh, I mean, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler, you know. Um, so I started tattooing when I was like 16 years old, I guess. My father's a biker. He's covered in tattoos, and he saw me, you know, drawing a lot and shit when I was a kid. So he bought me a tattoo machine. He got me a tattoo machine from one of his buddies that were tattooers. He's like, here, why don't you make money? So I like fucked my friends up for a long time. And then I got an apprenticeship when I was like 20, 21, something like that. So then I learned the real way to tattoo. And, you know, that got me into, uh, they had me be the tattooer. You have a lot of available free time where you can make time anyway. And that got me into playing music. You know, I always played music from when I was younger. So that gave me the ability to travel and shit like that. So it kind of, you know, stalled out my love for wrestling because I was so goddamn busy tattooing and going touring the world and shit, playing music, punk bands, metal bands, and all kinds of shit like a grind. You know, and then I started uh, a band called Eat the Turnbuckle, me and my buddy Jay from this band called Bad Luck 13. And, um, it was all about wrestling because we would fucking destroy everything. Like the band I was in currently at the time was called Call of Paramedics and we would wreck the club and Gigi Allen shit, bleed all over the place, fight the crowd. And his band was the same way. There would be like ladders and kind of a little bit of wrestling and that stuff because we're both from Philadelphia, South Jersey, you know, huge ECW fucking area, CZWs from here, Ring of Honor. So there's been wrestling in my life, my whole entire life, you know what I mean? So always a big fan. And we're like, how can we still fucking destroy the club and act like complete maniacs, but not get thrown out and get the police called us? We're like, go wrestling. So we started a band called Eat the Turnbuckle, where we would, with a couple of retired indie workers, where we would do pro wrestling spots while we were playing live and like deathmatch shit while we're playing on stage. And um, I did that band for like eight years. And then it got me all over. I was like, you know what? I need to fucking get legitimately trained. I mean, I got some training by a couple dudes in my PA area. But I really wanted to like, let me really buckle down and get training and have a good wrestling career while I can because I'm going to fucking regret it if I don't. So because I was on the circuit so long, you know, uh, and going to CZW shows and shit like that, I knew a lot of the wrestlers. The wrestlers would come out to the... Uh, eat the turnbuckle shows, they would get involved. We did like eat the turnbuckle versus balls Mahoney. He came and wrestled us. Eat the turnbuckle versus Necro Butcher, you know, Matt Tremont. 
So I knew all the guys, and DJ High already knew who I was, and he knew I was willing to bleed and act like a complete maniac. So I instantly, you know, got a gig with CZW, and, you know, they threw me right to the fucking wolves. I did some training, and my first match had, like, tables and chairs and shit. You know, that's pretty, like, unheard of, really. But I was like a wet dream for CZW because Deathmatch was kind of at a low at that point. And, you know, they were like, we need fucking nuts. And they knew I was willing to, you know, get gnarly. And, you know, here we are now. XPW. <laughs> it's amazing, this whole... Yeah, how did he even... Well, obviously, you're watching ECW, XPW back in the day, right? Like, Sure. So did you ever think you would be working for Rob Black? It, it, it's funny because I, I've told Rob this before. I remember when I was like 24, maybe... Um, working a tattoo shop in Atlantic City, I remember we had a TV in the tattoo shop, right? And the guy I worked with, JR, he would go to Best Buy and get ECW DVDs and we would have VHS tapes and like tape trading shit, like Japanese stuff and XPW DVDs. And I remember sitting there and we would play them on the TV and listen to the wrestling while we were tattooing instead of listening to music because he was a big wrestling fan too. And I remember watching... XPW DVDs and shit like that, you know, at that age. And now fast forward till, you know, I'm a fucking thousand years old now. <laughs> fast forward to now, and I'm actually in fucking XPW. Pretty nuts, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say so. I mean, your face is like all over the stuff. You know, you're in every show. It's I, this is probably a very good run in wrestling for a lot of us. You know, I, I, it's 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 a good breath of fresh air, especially for the current climate of fucking wrestling is complete bullshit. The world needs XPW again. What are your thoughts on the climate of cancel culture with pro wrestling, specifically XPW? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I'm fucking completely against that bullshit. You know, uh, uh, like I said, it, it's great. XPW is uh pretty much the stronghold for rebelling against all the fucking bullshit, hearsay, garbage, even the true stuff, whatever. It's, it's, it's a great big fuck you back to this weird wave of, of politically correctness that invaded something that's really not politically correct. I mean, wrestling was started, you know, well, I mean, I wouldn't say commercial wrestling, but even just wrestling was started on you know, opposition and 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 pretty much mirroring culture in in everyday life and and being offensive and being you know um, controversial and then for some reason you know how are you going to have two people mad and pissed off at each other but be kind? Hey, you are a oh I didn't mean to say that but but I don't like you so I want to fight you and I want to hurt you. That's the most fucking asinine. Goddamn thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You're you're taking the pizzazz out of wrestling. You know what I mean? So it's great that there's still, you know, it's funny. I was talking about this the other day, how, you know, ECW is gone. Heyman is pretty much gone. You know, he's got a desk job pretty much at WWE. Um, CZW is pretty much obsolete now. That completely died after Zandig sold it. DJ it got destroyed because... They destroyed DJ pretty much. Um, uh, Ring of Honor is pretty much gone. Now they got that bullshit rehash of it in AEW. 
who would have fucking thought that the last man standing was Rob Black and XBW? It's pretty yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I never saw Dark Side of the Ring until the first Jersey show that we did. And then my friend, like, fast forwards it. I'm like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> okay. And they, they did ask me if I wanted to talk to them. I wasn't speaking to Rob at the time. I was living in Europe or somewhere. And I'm like, no, actually, I don't want to talk to you guys because I, I know what these things are. Now, you, you did see these things. You heard the rumors about Rob. I'm sure you did. What do you think it would be like meeting him or working for him? Did you try to tread lightly or anything like that? Were you scared? Well, you can't be scared, but yeah. I don't, I mean, come on, Jasmine. I don't tread lightly at anything. You know me. <laughs> You're not supposed to. You can't. I, I you know, I, I, I knew I would like Rob. I knew I would like you. I mean, he don't get me wrong. He's a complete fucking asshole. And I guess so am I. But, you know, that's part of our charm, is it not? <laughs> you, yeah. You. Um, oh, thanks. We're all refined, though. We're, we're refined dick faces is what we are. Right, right, right. right. Um, we're professionals. Leave it to the professionals. But uh, no, nah, I knew I would. You know, Rob likes the same challenge. He likes pro wrestling. He likes heavy metal, and he likes fucking porn. I mean, that that checks my boxes off. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of like the same crossover, which brings me to like this whole thing with collecting things. You know, going to like toy shows. I was at the very first Chiller show in 1990 as a toy dealer. So I was selling Barbies and like model kits and the creature stuff to grown men that probably became like the majority of my fan base. They looked like really like they lived in their parents' basement and shit. So I, what do you money. think? They, yeah, the money because they, yeah, they <laughs> saved the rent money, right? Right, right, right. What do you think the whole common ground is for wrestling and porn and heavy metal? It's You can throw tattooing in there too, I think. And I think you can throw skateboarding culture in there as well i mean skateboarding culture made like jackass on tv you know what i mean that's that's the pinnacle of skateboarding culture is is those like skate videos and skate videos became jackass and i i think that it's it's i guess it's all i mean it's, it's all counterculture extreme counterculture i mean come on you're the fucking queen of it dude you know oh, what i mean thank you. oh my god that's like I, as red as my flag. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the you know, extreme counterculture, uh, going against the grain, you know, heavy metal, uh, the offensive death metal and grindcore, be loud, offensive, piss your fucking parents off, push the envelope, push the envelope, push the envelope as far as you can. I mean, porn itself, you know, what I mean, extreme pornography, hardcore pornography, um. Like I said, the pinnacle of skateboarding, the master jackass. Those guys are hurting each other and laughing, you know, for money. Fucking tattooing. You, know, you, you see people with tattoos all over their face now, and it's a pretty common thing. You know what I mean, when I, when I was younger, I mean, I was like, I had sleeves and shit at like 17 years old because my old man, like I said, he's a biker, and, and no one had, even adults didn't have tattoos, visible tattoos back then. Now I walk around. Especially Philadelphia, because Philadelphia is probably the most tattooed city on earth, in all honesty. Um, every fifth person I see has like sleeves and shit now, you know what I mean? Let alone tattoos on her face. So I think it all kind of like fucks each other, you know what I mean? It's all 
like-minded, I guess, you know, wrestling, extreme wrestling, hardcore wrestling, deathmatch stuff. I think it's, and it's also collectible. You know what I mean? You know, you get your favorite porn videotapes of your favorite starlets. You get your favorite old wrestling tapes of some guy in Japan, like, you know, like the great Muda or Jun Kasai, you know, you go get a tattoo by some fucking psycho that lives in the Netherlands, you know, or, or Paul Booth that lives in New York. That's king of like the dark macabre, black and gray, or, you know, you go to Bam's castle in fucking Pennsylvania and, and skateboard and his thing, or go to some crazy skate park with graffiti all over the place. It's all like collectible type stuff. You know what I mean? Tangible stuff. That's why I feel bad for the kids nowadays. All that shit's gone, man. There's no DVDs. I, I mean, literally about six months ago, I was shocked that I just found out that they don't even have a CD player in cars anymore. All the brand new cars don't have them. It's all Bluetooth and shit. I was like, oh, God damn. I'm getting old, I guess. <laughs> it is cool because I think probably in 2009, when I was back in Norway, I saw the first vinyl, like the first band, like putting out vinyl. It was this Norwegian band called Jerv. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I think vinyl's making a comeback. You put your stuff out on vinyl as well, like Crippler, uh -oh. the Turnbuckle. Absolutely. Every band I'm in is on vinyl. Uh, it, dude, it's a punk collectible thing. You know what I mean? It's underground. Um, plus, vinyl sounds better. It's warmer. You know what I mean? And, but not only that, you know, you get a, a, a full album and you get way more artwork. I mean, that shit was cool, man. I, I would buy albums just based on looking at the cover. I'm like, all right, this band's got to be cool. You know, abortion clinic dumpster overload. And there's crazy artwork. Like, it sounds fucking awesome. I would buy it strictly on that and never even hearing it. You know what I mean? People nowadays, they don't even get that option. They get... The whole album given them on fucking YouTube. Like, what fun is that, man? You know, rummaging through the shelves and shit, looking at all the crazy art and bands. And vinyl gives you four times as much art because it's bigger. You know what I mean? It's collectible, you know. But vinyl is definitely making a huge comeback. CDs have plummeted, and the sales of vinyl have skyrocketed because you still have those collectors. You know what I mean? I have a ton of vinyl, and I still have all. I have like. 3,000 CDs. I mean, I don't listen to them. <laughs> but uh, because I get, I got trapped in the modern bullshit, too. I have everything on, you know, my phone. or It's terrible. I have a great audio sound system. I probably have, like, fucking $15,000 in good musical equipment, audio equipment. And when I go to listen to music, I listen on my fucking cell phone through these terrible little speakers. And it's, uh, it's just such a sin. Ugh. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, these kids today, I feel as though now they're starting to look at things. Um, like I noticed acid watch jackets came back. Someone yeah. was asking me how much I wanted for my LA gear jacket. I'm like, it's not for sale. Like I got this when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. And now they're looking at Polaroid cameras. Now I see vinyl, some tape cassettes coming back. So do you think maybe there's a slight chance we might get back the whole VHS uh, DVD back? I don't. I mean, the cassettes, I see cassettes a lot, but who the fuck, at least you can play a CD, you know what I mean? I mean, dude, even a brand new computer nowadays doesn't even have a fucking CD drive. 
how how terrible is that? But at least you can find a CD player somewhere. You know what I mean? Who the hell has a tape player? Those are strictly for super hyper collectors. You know what I mean? But uh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I know, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think DVDs are going to come back. I think. Um, I don't know about VHS. I mean, maybe some people will make them, and I'll be the asshole to buy them. You know what I mean? Um, just because I do think like B horror looks better on VHS. It's like grittier and grainier and shit um, than the DVD or whatever than the high resolution. I'd rather have it low resolution. Even like some music, you know what I mean? Like technical death metal should be recorded perfectly, but like gutter punk and and you know, thrash metal, I think, should be a little more lo-fi. So that sounds good on cassettes or whatever, you know. Like but, um, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think DVDs are going to come back. I know I was reading an article that um, they're opening five blockbusters again in California because the guy's banking on this whole... Dude, think about it. A whole generation of young people missed out on collecting things and and tangible objects the whole generation missed that you know what i mean and now this next generation is still probably like hey we want that so this guy that opened these five blockbusters is banking on you know getting fucking stoned going to the blockbuster or the video store and looking around buying a bunch of candy that you shouldn't be fucking eating and searching for a video and then taking it home and watching it like that was awesome just the act of going to the fucking movie store and taking something off the corner of getting fucking high, just that was fun, let alone going home and watching it, you know what I mean? And this guy is banking on that. He's like, either it's going to be the smartest move of all time and I'm going to be a, you know, a throwback hero, He's like, or I'm going to lose a fortune and I'm going to look like a total asshole. Well, I think it'll be he'll become a throwback hero because I did notice a lot of these young kids. I mean, they're getting bored. What are we going to keep talking about COVID? Are we going to keep talking about these stupid apps? Are we going to keep doing this? Or are people finally going to like, hey, you know, what's going on? Want to get a movie tonight? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I hope happens. And maybe people are starting to get this whole human connection because you can't. It's it's really bad mentally to do this all the time, to be with yeah. friends on screens. You know, you see, you see like five or six girls at a table dressed nicely doing this. Stay the fuck at home. Don't come out because you're outside eating with people in person. Right. Yeah, so. it's, it's pretty terrible. It's forcing everyone to be an incel. I mean, even I'm guilty of, you know, I'm like, eh, fuck it. I won't go out. I'll just watch a I'll sit on my phone. I won't even watch a, a fucking thousand DVDs and VHS. Uh, and I'll sit on my phone and watch my fucking phone. You know what I mean? It's like a drug almost. And it, it got the entire planet pretty much addicted to this laziness fucking drug of not doing anything. But it need that. Like, you know, kids nowadays sit in the house and play on their iPad all day. Man, my mom was like, go the fuck outside and don't come home until it gets dark out. You know what I mean? And I would sit around and throw a football at my buddy's head. You know what I mean? You need to go to the video store and you need to fucking go rent a video. Right, exactly. Intermingle with people and talk to other humans. That's why no one has any fucking personality anymore and they don't know how to communicate. They're all weird and shit because they just do nothing but sit at home. 
Yeah, it's scary. I, that's why I think peep shows were great. Peep shows were amazing because it was like right there and you can kind of communicate with the stripper and like there are no, there are no peep shows left. The strip clubs are kind of boring too from, from what I understand, but um, it's not the right. same. I hope you're enjoying the ride on Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair podcast. So if you are, do me a huge, huge favor. Woo! Please go ahead. Go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, but Apple's great. Give me a nice rating and review. Send me a screenshot and I promise you I will send you a special goodie bag. So please rate and review Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair podcast. And in exchange for that, once I see the DM with the review and your name and address, I will get those gift bags out to you. I'm not going to tell you what's in it. (laughs) 